People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Football Goonies Fantasy Football Podcast. For all you new listeners out there in podcast land, I'm your host Jason Seplick, the Football Goonie himself. And today we are broadcasting out of our new beautiful studio in beautiful Bridgeland, Texas. As always, I'm joined with our engineer, the execrable Bruce the Bat Dog. Say hi to the folks at home, Bruce. Man, he is a cut up. Anyways, welcome to the show, and today we're going to be discussing, a little late I'll admit, but we got around to it finally, the Dynasty Rookie Draft for 2020. Now I'm going to give a fair warning on uh, this season's set of episodes, is I've done zero homework and I've barely paid attention to anyone. Um... Just moving, having the kid, all the stuff going on with life. I have been kind of sans football for quite a while now, but we're going to get through it. And honestly, I think we can all agree that my level of knowledge was so great that I still probably know more than most of you. You're so wise. You're like a miniature Buddha covered in hair. (laughs) Thanks, Ron. So we're going to get into the draft today, basically going to go through real quick on the teams. Unfortunately, Sleeper, although they do some great things with the the, uh, past draft lookup kind of function and things like that, uh, it's kind of hard to find the roster. I shouldn't say it's hard. I didn't want to do the work to find the rosters pre-draft because some moves have happened since. So I'm going to give a kind of recollection of what I think was the needs of some teams Uh, but basically we're going to go through we're going to pick apart a couple of picks from each round and then we're going to give our final my final draft grade for the rookie draft Uh, and as always I am very uh, unbiased in my decisions here Uh, so pretty much you take it with the assurance that anything that I say on here is probably entirely correct and you should feel terrible or great about yourself afterwards. So let's get into it. Uh, The order for our draft was a reverse of the standings. Now, the losers division that didn't make the playoffs, obviously, locked in as soon as the season was over. We didn't want people tanking easily for better picks. Um, so basically it just became a loser bracket bragging rights that my shitty team beat your shitty team. Uh, for the rest of us, good fantasy football players, it was a, uh, ending once you got knocked out of the playoffs, then 
you locked into whatever spot you were, so incentivized people to continue to try and climb the ladder to the championship. Uh, ultimately, big uh, shout out real quick to our champion, which would be uh, Mr. Greenwood. Johnson for some TDs, I believe is his team's name. Let me check. And yes, yes, Johnson for some TDs. <laughs> Gotta love those TDs. Uh, anyways, the uh, resulting order of the draft went something like this. Team Axel Tricod, which is a really terrible name. I think he used to be something else before we made the move to Sleeper. Uh, so probably get on that, Axel. Uh, anyways, the Foreigner got last place, of course. No surprise there. Uh, next was Team GA Dogs for Life. I'm guessing that's the Georgia Dogs for Life. Followed by Texas Bear, also known as El Oso Fuego, uh, my buddy Tyler, out here in beautiful Houston, Texas. Uh, next up, we had former champion, I believe, uh, now loser, uh, Team Chris1914. Uh, I'm not sure what the 1914 is in reference to. Maybe he'll enlighten us one day. And that was followed by uh, Team Schultze, known as Look What You Made Me Draft. Uh, Mr. Schultz, look what you made me draft. Uh, followed by Dan's team, Zeke and Destroy. Uh, then yours truly, the FF Goonie himself. Uh, followed by Team C. Jones Jr. 1, which... Again, is an awful team name. Maybe, maybe he can work on that. Uh, followed by old man himself uh, with team Morty. Oh, God, I always mess this one up. It was Morty Maggie, but now is known as the Untouchables. Untouchables. And then finally, as I said, your champion Jonesen for some TDs. Now, not everyone had the picks they were assigned, especially in the first round, and some didn't have many picks at all, which also plays into your draft grade a little bit. Uh, so let's get into it, and uh, real quick, we'll do the breakdown, starting with team needs. So Axel's team, uh, we started off, he needed, uh, his biggest need was running back, although he is in a rebuild, so I don't know if that played into his prior priorities obviously didn't he didn't really do much with running back um i didn't think it did uh qb he needed some depth he i'm pretty sure he sent off jimmy garoppolo around or after the draft i can't remember but basically he was sitting there with kyler murray and Derek carr so he did need some uh, qb depth and then wide receiver outside of uh, Juju and not much else. It wasn't looking good. Now, Axel has had a great team in the past uh, post-draft, and then he proceeded to destroy it immediately that first season halfway through, uh, thanks to Mr. Jones mostly. Uh, but his biggest needs uh, to me were QB and wide receiver because the running back would be coming a little bit later uh, next up, we had uh, the GA Dogs for Life. Uh, 
needing a QB, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, his QB setup with Breeze and luckily Teddy Bridgewater kind of sort of helped them, but uh, the loss of Andy Dalton, the indeveloped uh, Greer, basically QB was his biggest need. After that, he's got some decent uh, wide receiver pieces, but he really needs a little bit more of a stead power on the receiver. Uh, Cup is his biggest uh, player on the receiver end, I believe. Uh, but the problem is, uh, besides some older players too, but the problem is Cup's maybe not long for the Rams. And then after that, I mean, it's guys like Will Fuller, DK Metcalf. Uh, so that was a big need. And then definitely tight end with uh, Eden Thomas and Njoku as his really only good startables. And then Dawson Knox, he definitely needed to... Uh, to beef up the tight end situation as well. Uh, next up, we had El Osofuego. Uh, he definitely needed QB was the biggest need. After that, uh, for me, wide receiver and running back were his other needs, but it was more of a depth piece. He's got some good pieces with like Saquon, obviously. Uh, Melvin Gordon's decent and Kareem Hunt. Uh, some moves with me to get Kareem Hunt because he truly believed he was going to be a starter this year for the Texans, which didn't pan out. Um, and then receiver-wise, he's got some good pieces with like DJ Moore as his top receiver. And then Jarvis Landry's a good number two. But uh, outside of DJ Moore, he's really missing a real big player that isn't old as shit, too. Uh, so... He definitely needed to uh, beef up the depth on both running back and receiver. Uh, next up, Chris1914. Really, his only big need was running back. I went through and I looked at it, and his uh, his QBs were, were solid. His receivers are solid. Uh, and running backs are actually pretty solid on the top with uh, Christian McCaffrey, thanks to me, and that ill-fated... Uh, pre-McCaffrey breakout trade, which cost me two championships, but it looks like it's finally, I finally made up the uh, the slack that I lost there. Uh, but outside of uh, him and David Johnson, who's a real big question mark, his running backs are just god-awful. And then uh, receiver, again, is uh, really solid. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Diggs, Julio Jones, Mike Williams. Uh, after that, he could use a little depth. But And then uh, his tight ends are good. They're not great as far as the big star power, but, I mean, he's got a lot of solid options. So running back was really the only thing I could see that he needed to make a major push in the, uh, the near future. Uh, if he loses Dave Johnson, he's pretty much screwed. Uh, then next up, we had uh, Mr. Schultz's team. The look what you made me draft. Uh, definitely running back is his biggest need uh, entering the draft. Outside of Dalvin Cook, he really didn't have much of anything thanks to the drop-off as Darius Geis. Uh, Kenyon Drake coming in and kind of killing Chase Edmonds' value. Uh, after that, he definitely needed some wide receiver depth a little bit but not a ton i mean he's got three great starters with hopkins evans ridley uh after that it kind of falls off a cliff i mean you got crowder who should be fine this year but uh definitely needed that fourth receiver running back was his big big hole though uh 
next up, we had Mr. Krieger and Zeke and Destroy. Uh, Mr. Krieger's two biggest needs, I think, were uh, tight end, definitely. He's got pretty much no one behind Kelsey, so if Kelsey gets hurt or um, if basically he gets old, he needs a replacement soon, and then after that, uh, it'd be quarterback. Now, I know he ended up making a trade post-draft and getting Gardner Minshew, which isn't the greatest thing, uh, but... The um, the Lamar Jackson, another one of my poor, not believing Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Uh, sorry, uh, poor um, trades, which cost me another championship. Man, I've had some really great trades, and then I've had a couple that I just, I need to sit. I think the biggest thing I learned that I'm going to pass on to you guys is you need to sit on guys a little longer and don't jump to conclusions it does hurt you sometimes you end up losing some value but i think the the value lost on trading a guy too early far exceeds the value lost not trading him and riding him out uh anyways lamar jackson and not long for this world aaron Rodgers, so he definitely needs some quarterback help and then uh running back and wide receiver he just needed some depth he's got uh some decent pieces uh, that was, of course, before the Fournette getting dumped thing. So actually running back turned into a big need for him because outside of Zeke and Gurley uh, had a lot of question marks. But going into the draft, assuming uh, Fournette was there, he just needed a little depth. Uh, next up was yours truly. Uh, my big one is a running back need was my huge thing. Uh, I had... Going into the draft, James Conner, Josh Jacobs, and Le'Veon Bell. Outside of that, I just had some some pieces that weren't doing anything for me, like Devonta Freeman. Uh, So knowing going into the draft, I was going to replace running back. It wasn't the the hugest problem, but running back was my big need to continue to be uh, near the top of the league. Uh, after that, everything else is a uh, depth thing. Uh, tight end, I definitely needed some uh, depth behind Hunter Henry and Will Disley. And then quarterback, I'm getting a little long in tooth after trading with Lamar Jackson past my top two quarterbacks with, uh, with uh, Big Ben and then Nick Foles for this year. So I, I definitely did need another quarterback, but running back was my biggest need. Uh, next up, Mr. Jones Jr. Uh, basically, running back was his only need. He's made some moves, and I know I'm looking at the roster post some trades that change things a little bit. But going in, he did need running back. Uh, after that, wide receiver was solid. Tight ends, not the best team for tight ends, but it's solid. And although he doesn't have a ton of standout quarterbacks, he's got one of the better depth plays at quarterback. Uh, he's always putting up... Uh, a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 in both his spots. So he was pretty solid there. Uh, next up, the untouchables. Uh, big needs were uh, running back, uh, getting old with Mark Ingram, getting beat up with Chris Carson on the last year of his deal. Eckler was really his only strong piece to me. So running back was a big need for him. Uh, and then same with wide receiver. You got some old people with uh, Thielen and Woods who will be around a little longer. And then Cooks is always injured. So uh, 
outside of that, he he didn't have any depth there. So on on top of that, so age and depth, and then definitely tight end was a huge need. Being Tyler Higby, one year wonder, the only and really only half a season wonder, being the only real usable tight end with Kyle Rudolph on his way out, and then finally our champion Jones and for some TDs. Uh, his big need was just quarterback depth, honestly. Uh, Wentz is always hurt. Brady's getting old. And Tannehill, although he put it together last season, man, it's still a question mark on his future. Uh, so other than that, though, his team's pretty solid. Good running backs, good receivers. Got some good youth, great tight ends. Um, with Ertz and Goddard to to back that up and Austin Hooper behind that too. So basically he was a pretty solid team going in, just needing the QB depth past this season. So going into round one, starting off of course at the one, one was Axel and no surprise there. He went to Joe Burrow. Uh, the first real big pick was me being early at number two post trade. Um, it was actually a really confusing decision to make. Uh, I'm rarely in the back, and I do need the QB, uh, the new the QB depth, and having someone like Tua be there is a real shot in the arm for my team in the future. But it didn't really help me in the short term with the running backs, and having someone on such a iconic offense with Clyde uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire available there. I ended up biting the bullet and taking running back, pushing to Mr. Schultz, the QB. Uh, surprisingly, though, he, well, not so surprisingly, he did need running back as his only real major need. So he ended up going with Jonathan Taylor. The reason I find it a little surprising is I don't like Jonathan Taylor as much as some of the other running backs that could have gone there. But, I mean, obviously he was the pick there. I just don't trust the fumbling issues and the possibility of uh, basically being a better Derrick Henry, but still Derrick Henry. Uh, not to mention that offense is kind of in flux. I know they got a great line, but, man, with Phillip Rivers a question mark, future past Phillip Rivers a question mark, and Taylor just might not pan out the right way through these transitional years. So, uh, personally, I mean, I tried to, to move to that spot with him so I could also get Tua. It didn't really work out. I wish it had because later in the draft, he actually did trade me for another running back uh, jumping up. And I would have much rather paid a little extra and moved up to three rather than back to two seconds. But that'll be saved for a little later. So, he ended up going Jonathan Taylor. And although Chris did not really need the quarterbacks... Uh, how does he pass up on Tua there, especially when the great running backs left probably aren't going to be contributors this year as much. So uh, he went there. Uh, after that, broke my heart. Uh, Mr. Jones took J.K. Dobbins. I honestly thought Dobbins was going to get back to me in the seventh spot, and that would have changed the draft drastically, I think. Um, but it didn't. He took him there, rightfully so. I honestly thought he was the second best running back. Uh, maybe even, yeah, maybe even the first. Uh, but CEH just had too good of a landing spot. Uh, surprising here was Justin Herbert. I thought Axel was going to go wide receiver. He already has 
two solid quarterbacks lined up. He added Joe Burrow. Chances are he's going to have a high pick next year. So I thought he was going to seal the deal with CeeDee Lamb. But as we all know, he got cold feet on CeeDee because he owns Michael Gallup and he thinks Michael Gallup's going to pan out somehow. And he will, potentially, but that's only if uh, Mari Cooper's gone and CeeDee's the number one and Gallup's the number two. So... I didn't really agree with that pick. Uh, other than that, the you know, nothing else was really surprising other than uh, Mr. Jones jumping into the first with the trade to get Cam Akers. Uh, I think he was surprised that Cam kind of fell that far back and him needing running backs. It made a lot of sense, especially since J.K. Dobbins isn't expected to be a huge contributor early on. Uh, going to round two, the big upset to me, because I was so... I made a trade thinking that I was going to get uh, two receivers, a running back, and a quarterback, and ended up being the other way around with two running backs and one receiver, and that's because Mr. Krieger jumped in and took Justin Jefferson out from under me, me being the big Vikings fan in the league. It was very upsetting on top of believing in Mr. Jefferson replacing Stefan Diggs, uh, future number one on that team. So that was a big interest for me to get. Uh, after that, Mims went a little earlier than I would have liked. Uh, Mims is a great talent. I think he deserved to be up there talent-wise, but I just do not like the situation he's in. Uh, the first bad pick of the night went to myself as my first second round pick taking Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, we know how I mitigated that disaster, but at the time, it did not seem like a disaster. It seemed like he was slated for uh, the number one role halfway through the season until he got COVID, and then apparently he's having some attitude issues there. So, uh, thankfully, I got out from under him, but at the time, it seemed like a great pick. And we're going to base the grading based on what it looked like then, but clearly, he's already been one of the biggest busts of this draft so far or this year so far. Uh, next up, uh, I took quarterback, obviously needing some youth, and hopefully Jordan Love pans out and replaces Aaron Rodgers in a couple years when I would need him. Uh, after that, some big picks. I like Pittman Jr. Uh, the big one for me was Jalen Rager. I was surprised Rager fell that far. Part of that's my fault. Uh, I probably should have held him higher than Pittman, but man... Uh, I love owning Michael Thomas, and if you told me there was a receiver for Michael Thomas value, the number one would have been Pittman at the draft. Number two, we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, he's now catapulted it maybe even better than Pittman uh, just because of the situation, but at the time, Pittman seemed great. And then uh, kind of a prelude to that, Mr. Ruggs went to Chris. I think that was Chris's first pick. Uh, I didn't love that, but that's because in the third round, the number one receiver in Vegas went. And I know speed is a great thing to, to get ooh and ah over, and Ruggs was taken so early. But honestly, I think he's going to end up being the, the ancillary player in that offense compared to the next one. So in the third round, Axel did what Axel does and got bright and shiny-eyed for a first-round pick, I believe, with Brandon Ayuk where uh, I'm not a big fan of gadget players when they're playing receiver. 
Uh, running back's the only time I'll take a gadget player and take a shot on him, uh, as you'll see in later in this round. But uh, the big problem is gadget players, they, they don't have refined route trees. Hands are sometimes questionable, but uh, routes are the biggest problem with him, and that's generally the best indicator of success for a receiver is the ability to run routes. So... For me, it's questionable, and granted, I'm taking this with a with a grain of salt because I don't know a ton about Brandon Ayuk, but from what I did here and the minimal coverage I caught, I would have taken the number two pick in this round, Brian Edwards from Las Vegas. Now, this might end up being one of the best picks of the draft. Um, there's a couple of uh, other considerations for that, but man, it looks like he's now with a... Uh, with uh what's his name gosh the other receiver in vegas used to be a charger blanking right now which i know is not normally my thing but man brian edwards he's he's the other one that could be the next michael thomas uh probably not quite as good as michael thomas but the situation is fantastic and he's already pulled comps from Derek carr as devonta adams which is Fantastic, considering Devonta Adams played with Derek Carr at Fresno. Um, next up, Jalen Hurts, quarterback, went to Mr. Texas Bear. This was really the first time he had a chance to take a quarterback. Uh, I think had Herbert fallen to him, he would have taken Herbert over Judy just because the need. Um, but basically, this is the first chance he got. It is a good pick. I think Jalen Hurts... Uh, signified the last good available quarterback as a potential player at some point and being behind Carson Wentz man it's a good offense and if Wentz goes down good for him uh, next up I'm not a big fan of LaVisca Chanel another uh, gadgety kind of player going to an offense with no quarterback uh, or not a good projected future starter with Gardner uh, and I think their backup's a six-round pick also. So uh, between that and then being behind DJ Chark, same kind of large-bodied, fast player. Chris Conley's there, a large-bodied, fast player. I just I don't like the fit in Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is going to be a real problem for a couple more years. Um, so unless they end up with a quarterback sooner than later, maybe next year, I just I don't love the pick. A pick I do love, though, is Antonio Gibson. Now, this is a gadgety player that I did think was worth the shot, and it turned out better than hopeful because they ended up losing um, Darius Geis. Bryce Loves had his issues, so Gibson's just flown up. And then they released Adrian Peterson, so Gibson's flown up the charts. His value's never been higher. I got him in the middle of third. He would be my second pick for the best pick of the draft. He's up there between him, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, I think J.K. Dobbins early, but that's that's not giving the value. So uh, value I think that was lost was the next pick with A.J. Dillon. I don't believe in a giant back that doesn't do much anything else, especially when Aaron Jones is there. Uh, so I didn't love that pick, and I thought that the better pick went the one after where Mr. Jones tore out my heart once again by using the pick that he got from, I mean, from my slot. I, I don't know exactly how he ended up with that pick. Multiple trades, I'm sure. But he took Van Jefferson. Now, Van Jefferson is probably going to end up replacing Cooper Cup. 
Um, he's very similar to Cup. He's the third player, I would say, that ends up being the the highlight. So basically, the third round was the the massive value this uh, this year between Edwards, Gibson, and Van Jefferson. There could be some really great fantasy value in this third round. Uh, basically, he's Cooper Cup, a uh, little less physically talented, but a great route runner, real smart, and uh, chances are they're not going to want to pay Cup. So they're going to end up probably giving Van Jefferson his job. And he's already worked his way past Josh Reynolds, I believe, for the number three spot. Uh, after that, fourth round, Darrington Evans. That could be a nice gadgety player, kind of your, your James White for the Tennessee Titans. So that could really pay off in the future unless they end up getting a more diverse back after Derrick Henry in two to three years. Um, at that point, Darrington Evans would not be on the team anymore. He would really need to play into that position and have him continue the Henry-style offense so that he has his usefulness. Um, Jacob Eason, terrible pick. <laughs> it's not your fault. You need quarterbacks. And Eason, and this is the first chance you had a chance uh, to uh, with the GA dogs for them to get a quarterback. Unfortunately for them, it was slim pickings at that point. So I don't, I don't really blame them for the pick. But uh, after that, there's really not a lot to say. The only other standouts uh, for me. Uh, Basically, is Lamichael P. Ryan could potentially fall into a better role if he ends up playing, but he's already hurt. And then uh, DJ Dallas, my pick myself, I bought into some hype from a couple of people. And although Chris Carson's going to do great things, probably this year, the thing is they're not going to want to pay Carson much. I think Carson would rather try to get paid more, especially with his injury history. So I could see DJ Dallas being another late round guy, but a higher round, I think he was a fourth round pick. So a higher round than a lot of their running backs playing for a coach that's willing to play the best player no matter what. So uh, after that, a couple of tight ends went. This was probably one of the worst. I, I can't tell. I think this was not a great tight end class, but on top of that, there were so many good players in the running back and receiver positions that it really pushed them back. So usually you want to see the second and third round pick. Uh, no one that really stands out. We'll see if Cole Komet turns into something. He might have an opportunity. Uh, after that, the only other real good-looking one to me was uh, Adam Troutman, who Axel comically dropped the wrong person and wasn't paying attention. Uh, so that'll be funny. And then, uh, although he'll end up dying on my on my uh, practice squad and not becoming anything, I was really excited to get James Prochet, or Proch, I don't know how to say it. Uh, I think he is a fantastic route runner, but unfortunately that low-volume pass offense of the Ravens mixed with the the depth he's kind of buried behind i don't think he'll ever turn into anything it was just kind of a note i wanted to put out there uh other than that i mean the fifth round's pretty much a bunch of nobodies that probably will never start for any of our teams but we'll see so coming off of that we're gonna go through the draft grades now i suppose we'll do it by the worst to the best draft grades I think that's the best way to do it, uh, rather than the order again. So let's start off for the worst 
rookie draft. And keep in mind, this is not his fault. He honestly had almost no picks this entire draft, and they were all super late. So we're going to give a... Uh, sorry, I had to wet my whistle there. Um, sorry. Uh, so for the the worst draft grade, we're going to do uh, GA Dogs for Life getting a D+. Plus. Now, Cole Komet has an opportunity to be something, but <clears throat> not getting to pick until the fourth round, I believe. Yeah, the fourth round, it's just it's unfortunate. You're going to have the worst draft no matter what. Uh, coming in at number... Nine in the draft grades. We're going to give it to Zeke and Destroy. Zeke and Destroy. Uh, he did a great job getting Justin Jefferson early, but after that, his only other pick was very late, and it was a nobody uh, running back. Or no, sorry, tight end. Uh, once again, it's just not fair. He gets... Oh, sorry. So... Uh, D-plus was the GA Dogs for Life. I don't know if I said that. Uh, Zeke and Destroy gets a C for me. Now, he only had two picks. Should have been the Ds. But, man, getting Justin Jefferson early was a fantastic, fantastic pickup. So I don't I don't blame him at all for that, getting him in the second. Uh, he ended up turning around, too. Jefferson's not even on his team anymore. But that is your next lowest grade. Uh, after that, we have a couple of uh, three B minuses. Uh, the first one is we'll we'll give it to uh, El Oso Fuego B minus. Now uh, he had an earlier pick with Jerry Judy, but after that, it was it was just a matter of only having three picks and not having early picks. Most of them went to me. So after that, Jalen Hurts was a good pick, and then Josh Kelly. Um, it's really not your fault. And being a B minus for the the seventh best or eighth best draft, and that's not the worst thing in the world, is it? So uh, given what you had to draft with, I thought your picks were good. So I give you a B minus. Next up, we're gonna go with uh, Chris nineteen fourteen again, getting a B minus. Uh, this was more basically what fell to him. Uh, taking Tua at four was fantastic. I thought he should have gotten stuck with an RB, which actually would have been better for his team, but he had to take Tua there, uh, or he could have traded back. But uh, after that, Ruggs was a fine pick in the second round. Like I said, not my favorite player at that point, but honestly, there was only two people I would have taken above Ruggs. So I can't really knock him there. Uh, LaVisca Chenault was the only one I really didn't like the pick. Uh, so that kind of knocked him down to B minus. Uh, so he comes in with our seventh best draft. Uh, after that, we have our champion, um, Mr. Greenwood with Jones and for some TDs, also getting a B minus. Um, basically need a quarterback depth and couldn't do it. That's not really his fault. He just didn't have the ability other than uh, instead of taking Mims, he maybe could have taken a quarterback there and just shot for the moon. 
as far as the two backups, I don't remember if Love was available, but he definitely could have gotten Hurts there. Uh, but the B- minus comes from the fact that between that and Dylan, I'm not the biggest fan, but Brian Edwards in the third was fantastic. So that saved a uh, somewhat dismal draft otherwise. So good job on that pick. It's probably going to end up being one of the more fruitful picks. So you could end up with a B in the future. Oh, no, I did catch that. Sorry, I thought I missed someone, but I did not. Uh, so after that, we have several B pluses. Um, we're going to start, I think, with, uh, oh my goodness, I have made a mistake. Even your great leader makes the mistakes. Uh, GA Dogs for Life is the next player with a B plus. Uh, the Untouchables was the worst player in the draft, so I apologize on that. Um, basically, your draft wasn't as bad as I was making out to seem. Uh, Mr. Untouchables, though, I believe that's Gary's team. Uh, that was awful, so you should feel terrible about yourself. So we'll go with GA Dogs for Life now, getting a B plus. Uh, basically, you ended up with some great picks. Uh, I thought Jalen Rager that late was fantastic in the second. I bought Zach Moss at the time. And it turns out it's probably going to be great value at the late second. Uh, Hamler's looking decent with Mike Williams' injury. Um, and then basically the only thing that kept you from having a better draft was the fact that you had to go quarterback late because your picks just didn't fall the way you could. But you took uh, Eason Anfram, which I think helps kind of spread the chances at possibly hitting. I may actually change you to B. Let's give you a B. Uh, you basically fell into a couple, but good picks. Uh, next up, we're going to go with our second B+. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Chris, uh, Mr. Schultz's team, uh, Look What You Made Me Draft. Uh, basically, you only had three picks. This kept you from being higher, but the fact is you took probably three of the, three of the top, I don't know, like eight players. Uh, getting Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and C.D. Lamb. Uh, fantastic, man. I don't see how any of them don't pan out other than the the question mark of Jonathan Taylor uh, is the only one. And that's going to be something that if he doesn't pan out, he's not going to pan out in four to five years. So I think you're, you had a fantastic draft. Uh, just the fact that you didn't have many picks because you traded two of them for the one to get DeAndre Swift. Um, I'll give you a B plus on that. I thought it was a fantastic draft for you. Uh, next up, we have our next B plus. I'm going to give it to uh, C. Jones Jr., Mr. Mr. Clay Jones. You have uh, some great amount of picks. Uh, you and I had eight. I believe Axel had ten. After that, the next closest, I think, was five picks. So you definitely had the volume. Uh, although they weren't all great, some of them were later. But the fact that you got J.K. Dobbins early, uh, you jumped on that one. Trading up for Cam Akers, which helps your team in the now, even though we're not all the biggest believers. And then Van Jefferson, uh, fantastic late-round value in the third. Uh, 
Uh, Devin Duvernay might pan out pretty well. Um, it's not the greatest set, but man, getting Dobbins where you did, uh, having the forward, uh, the forward looking for that, getting Cam Akers late, uh, helping your team now, and then definitely Van Jefferson. I also give you a B plus. Uh, next up is yours truly with the second best draft. Um, yes, and that is only because it's fact. Uh, I give myself, I'm kind of between a B plus and an A minus. Uh, knowing what we know now, I would give myself a B plus, maybe even a B. Um, but man, I mean, CEH with the second pick can't go wrong there. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn at the time looked good, hence why I'd maybe give myself a B plus, A minus. But now, obviously, we know that wasn't the case. Uh, Jordan Love. It may not pan out, but getting a possible starting quarterback in the next two years in the second round, uh, for me, that's fantastic, and he's learning from one of the best, Aaron Rodgers, who also sat behind one of the best. So, uh, Michael Pittman's going to be great. McFarland, I think, is going to end up being the best back after this year in Pittsburgh. And then, obviously, Antonio Gibson, great value there. DJ Dallas, great value. Um I mean, what can I say? I, I took the most shots at running back because that was my biggest need, and most of them are paying off fantastically. So, yay for me. Uh, and then finally, we'll give Axel an A-. minus. Uh, he had the best draft, but that's because he had the best pick. He had multiple early picks, and when you have that, fantastic. Um, basically, Joe Burrow... Uh, Justin Her uh, Herbert and T. Higgins were all great early picks. I uh, wasn't the biggest fan of the Chase Claypool, but Pittsburgh does great things with receivers, so he could end up being something. Uh, I thought Darrington uh, Evans and Michael P. Ryan were great later value. And then Troutman was fantastic. Too bad you didn't hold on to him. Um, so that is my, graft, my draft grades, not my graft grades. And if you don't like it, jog on. So good luck to everyone this season. It's going to be a fantastic one, even with the wonkiness. And uh, enjoy everyone, I guess, chasing me and my greatness. And as always, remember, Goonies never say die. Get on my back, lone survivor lass They got me in the sights No surrender, no trigger fingers go Living a dangerous life Hey, 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 every day when I wake I'm trying to get up, they're knocking me down Hey, 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 when I need to be saved You're making me strong, you're making me stand Shot like a rocket up into the sky Nothing can stop me tonight You make me feel invincible
Elevator, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs>